The devil stood outside Marwick House, under the black shadow of an ancient elm, watching his bastard brother within. Flickering candles and mottled glass distorted the revelers in the ballroom beyond, turning the throngs of people within, aristocrats and moneyed gentry, into a mass of indiscernible movement, reminding devil of the tide of the Thames, ebbing and flowing and slick with color and stink. Faceless bodies, men dark with formal dress and women gleaming light in their silks and satins, ran together, barely able to move for the craning necks and flapping fans, waving gossip and speculation through the stagnant ballroom air. And at their center, the man they were desperate to see, the hermit Duke of Marwick, shining bright and new, despite having held the title since his father had died, since their father had died. No, not father, sire. And the new duke, young and handsome, returned like London's prodigal son, a head taller than the rest of the assembly, fair-haired and stone-faced, with the amber eyes the dukes of Marwick had boasted for generations, able-bodied and unwed and everything the aristocracy wished him to be and nothing the aristocracy believed him to be. Devil could imagine the ignorant whispers running riot through the ballroom. Why should a man of such prominence play the hermit? Who cares as long as he's a duke? Do you think the rumors are true? Who cares as long as he's a duke? Why hasn't he ever come to town? Who cares as long as he's a duke? What if he's as mad as they say? Who cares as long as he's a duke? I hear he is in the market for an heir. It was the last that had summoned Devil from the darkness. There had been a deal made 20 years earlier when they were three brothers in arms, and though much had happened since that deal had been forged, one thing remained sacrosanct. No one reneged on a deal with Devil, not without punishment. And so, Devil waited with infinite patience in the gardens of the London residence of generations of Dukes of Marwick for the third in the deal to arrive. It had been decades since he and his brother Wit, together known in London's nefarious corners as the bare-knuckle bastards, had seen the Duke. Decades since they'd escaped the country seat of the dukedom in the dead of night, leaving secrets and sins behind to build their own kingdom of secrets and sins of a different sort. But a fortnight earlier, invitations had arrived at the most extravagant homes in London, the ones with the most venerable names, even as servants had arrived at Marwick House, armed to the teeth with dusters and wax, with irons and airing lines. One week earlier, crates had been delivered, candles and cloth, potatoes and port, and a half-dozen settees for the massive Marwick ballroom, each now festooned with the skirts of London's most eligible ladies. Three days ago, the news of London arrived at the bastard's Covent Garden headquarters, and there, on the fourth page, a headline in smudged ink pronounced, Mysterious Marwick to marry. Devil had carefully folded the paper and left it on Wit's desk. When he'd returned to his workspace the next morning, a throwing knife speared the newsprint to the oak. And so it was decided. Their brother, the Duke, had returned, appearing without warning in this place designed for better men and filled with the worst of them, on land that he had inherited the moment he'd claimed his title, 
in a city they had made theirs, and in doing so, he revealed his greed. But greed in this place, on this land, was not permitted. So, Devil waited and watched. After long minutes, the air shifted, and Wit appeared at his elbow, silent and deadly as a military reinforcement, which was appropriate, as this was nothing short of war. Just on time, Devil said softly. A grunt. The Duke seeks a bride. A nod in the darkness. And as. Silence. Not ignorance. Anger. Devil watched their bastard brother move through the crowd within, headed for the far end of the ballroom, where a dark corridor stretched into the bowels of the house. It was his turn to nod. We end it before it begins. He palmed his ebony walking stick, its silver lion's mane worn from use, fitting perfectly into his hand. In and out, and enough damage that he cannot follow us.